I'm Laura. And I'm Georgiana. And this is Decanterbury Tales. What's up? How are you? I'm good. <laughs> hey, the the video recording may just that little beginning part may have to get put out into the ethers because it was fun. Uh, as a real, just all of the like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the R is really. She's really jazzed to be here today, y'all. Oh, I think it's just the slow losing of my mind. <laughs> you know, I think we all struggle there. Yeah, well, we're at the wrap of July of 2022. Uh, which is through the year. Really weird. Uh, it feels really weird to be here. Um, Over halfway over this part of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, happy, uh, you know, we're like six months till Christmas. We already started that countdown at work. So awesome. <laughs> I, and for those of the, you that don't follow Laura's work Instagram, uh, she already did post a Christmas Grinch. It's, we're doing Grinchmas in July. So oh. we're doing, um, the Grinch gets like a, like a summer fit. It's like a hoodie and some little short shorts. And uh, we're giving away gift cards on the social media. So that's been really fun. But I love that I get to choose chaos and we just go with it. <laughs> so we did get to hang out with a Grinch actor and just like film him creating chaos in the mall. And it's really everything. Um, but welcome I, to the Canterbury Tales. It's a boozy book, book club, club episode. <laughs> where we talk about wine and books, but apparently don't introduce ourselves. We just start talking. We used to be really good at the intro. Now we're just like, what's up? You want to talk for a minute? <laughs> well, I guess we're just at the point where we're like, y'all know. If you if you clicked on it, you know what you're getting into. This is the BBC, the Boozy Book Club episode. Uh, I'm calling this the comfort month. Yes. Welcome to the comfort month. Uh, we picked a book and a wine that we have covered previously on previous read cap episodes which uh, we're currently in a time capsule right now, but the read cap for Q2 comes out this week and then this episode comes out. So yes, but we love a good read cap. And so we loved this book and this wine, the main wine pairing um, so much that we were like, let's dedicate a whole month to it. You know, the book and the wine are just a vibe for summer and don't we just don't need to fight what you can fight it no what happened there I can't fight this feeling any longer I thought it was anymore but we've how many minutes have we been recording and Laura started singing oh oh I don't know I don't know I don't have a timer on this anymore so <laughs> not long not no. long <laughs> she just got right in there well welcome to July boozy book club we are covering oh fun cup Oh yeah, it's an iris cup. It has a, oh, and it's, it's got very, a like there's still, like a bit of It's beautiful. That's a yeah. wonderful cup. Um, a- but <laughs> this is a boozy book club squirrel. Uh, this is a boozy book club episode. This month we are covering the Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. And our wine pairing we will dive into later. We are covering the Summer Water Rosé, but I'm also delivering you guys a cocktail because this one was a fun one. So we'll dive into that in a minute. Uh, how how many, I'm good, but how many recipes did you try for your cocktail? How much Six. research did you do? Six. 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 I did a lot of 
research and uh, it was worth it. I have a new uh, favorite drink right now. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about the Mai Tai. So Woo-hoo. yeah, stay tuned for my segment. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. No, I'm good. You asked me and then I just got excited about your cocktail making. I'm good. I babysit a small child and we went to the aquarium today and can we get a first name? Oh, Jim. Jim? What an adult name. Yeah. Jimmy. Is he also an accountant? (laughs) His name is, um, James. And, uh, so Jim, Jimmy, Jimbo, JB, all of them. Oh, wow. Child yeah. of many. How old is Jim? 55? Uh, <laughs> uh, 10 months going on 35. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Does he have any briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we went into the, I was geared up. I had a bag you know, with all of his snacks and his food and the diapers and the changing thing. I had the stroller. I had the fan. I had, um, all the accoutrements, all the accoutrements. We had everything. We rolled in hot and heavy into that, uh, strapped fully loaded. (laughs) And he didn't want to be in the stroller today. So me going around the aquarium, holding a baby and pushing a stroller, People were like, this poor girl. Tragic. You are tragic. (laughs) It was so bad. Like, and he kept like wiggling out of my arms. He's so cute. Where where are you going? He he was so (laughs) excited. Yeah. I want to get closer to the fish. And so, yeah, it it was chaos, but it was a lot of fun. And the otters were really out to play today. So otters. otters are in the top category of creatures that I adore. Yes. I did know this about you, but uh, yeah, hung out. Were they river otters or sea otters? Because sea otters are adorable, but they're like dogs. Like they're the size of a dog versus river otters are the small ones that are like kitten sized. No, this was the big otter. Oh, sea otters are real cute. They're just less cute than river otters. River otters are a little bit more adorable. this, This was a serious full grown Pet side. Sea otters are the ones that hold hands. They didn't see any hand holding. They were both kind of doing their own thing. Okay. One, one was like you know, laying half on a rock, half in the water, just you know, you know, still half in, half out, little, yeah. little chill, keeping it cool, keeping it warm, you know, both. And then the other one was like all up in the water, swimming laps, coming up next to the um, the glass. Yeah, he really was putting on a show. And then love all of a sudden they like both disappeared and I think it was feeding time. So I think they- We're like, whoop, dinner bell, gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> bye-bye. But- uh, I think that's one of my favorite facts. I don't know if you knew this, but sea otters do uh, in open water hold hands with the other sea otters that they're with so that they don't get separated. And it is the cutest. <laughs> like why? They hold little paws. I mean, will you hold my hand if we end up getting stuck out in the middle of water? So you yeah, don't lose me? we can't get separated. We can yeah. lay on our backs and hold hands and don't pray someone comes again. Help! 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 <laughs> Just, like, well, glad we're here. 
Well, and also I do want to uh, bring up an important development in our Roomba slash vacuum cleaner conversation, which mm. does give, this is very random into another section, but I'm thinking about, you know, what's been going on in my month. I found the <laughs> meme of the Roomba that they made a charcuterie board on top. <laughs> and I sent it to Laura immediately because she was trying to make the case for Roomba in a pre previous episode. And I was just like, vacuums all the way, double vacuum in my house. And, but now I need a Roomba simply so that it can drive around my charcuterie board. Yeah, it was a, it, the meme is like a, it's the Roomba with the charcuterie board on top, but it says this party has a Roomba butler and this is the height of luxury. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I was like, add it to the life plan. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have a charcuterie board Roomba. Oh, and then added to the life plan, I found some nice chairs that have notches to put the wine glasses in. And then there's a drawer on the bottom to hold your wine. So I thought that Laura and I needed those for our life plan later on. Are they like portable chairs? Like you like- No, they're- they're like wooden Adirondack chairs. Oh, like for the porch. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this is our porch hang chair. Porch hang chairs. Yes. Yeah. The I ones I, the one I sent to you and said we would look good in these in our Versace. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. You sent me a lot of memes. So I gotta keep up. That was not a meme. That was product. Important Sorry, product. You send me a lot of <laughs> products. I do. I send Laura a lot of content. I'm like, I think Laura would like this here, which you're not wrong. I do like it. You send me, it's hard to keep track sometimes. I mean, I sent you a whole video of Julie Andrews going through her career because that's a I, necessity. That's the life watch. Yeah. That was, it provided me such joy. And I was just like sitting there crying and I was like, Laura needs to cry too. <laughs> I need to make Laura cry now. Oh, what else? What else in July? What you got, girl? What have I been doing in July? Taking my Six Sigma course. We're on statistics right now, which is really exciting. I love statistics. I hate statistics, but I love statistics. Um, been reading a good bit, watching a good bit, listening a good bit. Um, a lot of watching. I have to, I have quite the list for my yeah. reading, watching, listening to. Um, I'll throw this humanities aspect out. I went to the traveling Van Gogh exhibit. How was that? I've been really wanting to go to those. So it catered to needing some hallucinogens. And I did not partake in that. Um, the first part of it's really cool because you kind of get the timeline history through um, letters that Van Gogh wrote to his brother. And so that's kind of how you learn the, his story and where he was in life. In his own brain, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And then all the walls, the paintings are move and they're painted on the walls and it's kind of animated in a sense. Yeah. And so hence my saying that if you were impaired, you would really enjoy it. But I liked the Sistine Chapel traveling exhibit more than I liked the Van Gogh 
traveling exhibit. Okay. If you have okay. to choose, that's that's my recommendation. Okay. Okay. I know that they've been doing um, like you go at like seven thirty in the morning for some of the locations, and they do like yoga in the exhibit, and I feel like that would be really cool. Like your shavasana at the end, where you're just like laying down. I feel like yeah. that would be really fun. Um, no. I maybe it's just an excuse to do yoga, but that sounds exactly what I would like to do with it. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, do that. You just need an activity. Yeah, do that. What's been going on with you? Um, July was interesting. Um, I did, I talked on the, we went to the 30A Florida area. So like Seaside, we stayed in Prominence, which was really cool. They had a bunch of like new developments down there since the last time I've stayed in that area. So it was just fun beach time with the fam. Um, we, I'll get back to that in a second. I have started, also started and stopped like multiple weightlifting routines. And I started one, I'm almost to the end of week four and there's like 12 weeks of it. And I'm about to switch and do a different one. This one's called Strong Curves. And it's specifically like for women that are like building like glutes in that area. So it's very glute heavy. And like every single workout has a three by 20. So three sets of 20 on hip thrust. And I'm just like, just, I can't get motivated to go to the gym. If the first thing I do every time is 60, 60 hip thrusts. I'm like, no, just screw you. I'm not going. I'll I'll skip it. Do something else. Like I would watch TV some more. So if my workout is the opposite of motivating, I think I need to switch. However, they do have strong curves is a great program. So if that doesn't put you away, definitely give it a shot. It has the best names. Okay. Because the beginner workout is called Bootyful Beginnings. So punny. And the advanced workout is called Gluteal Goddess. I mean, for that reason, I would do it just for the names. Oh, so I'm on like week four of gluteal goddess. And I was like, yeah, screw you. I'm not doing this. Um, so if anyone has any suggestions for a weightlifting routine, definitely uh, drop that in the chat somewhere. Um, drop that anywhere. Literally, I DM me. Uh, but additionally, on my way back from beach vacay time, I pulled over at a McDonald's at 1030 at night, just north of Mobile, Alabama, in the middle of nowhere, and get out, get my McDonald's, use the bathroom, you know, the, the huge on a, on a McDonald's stop in the middle of the night or late at night on a road trip. And I get back in the car and I start driving on this dark country highway. And I hear this like, meh, meh. and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I just had work done on my car. So I was like, please tell me like my car isn't broken in the middle of nowhere at 10 o'clock at night in the country road and I'm going to die. So I pull over and I still like to this moment, I'm like, what did I think I was going to do? I like turn on the flashlight on my car and I look under the car, like the flashlight on my, on my phone. So like, tell me what I was going to do first of all, to fix anything. Um, But 
on the flip side, we, sorry, I think like there's too much going on. Sorry. I'm at, I'm also like, technically I have like both, I have both my phones just started ringing anyway. Um, so I look under the car and this tiny floof ball just drops out of the bottom of the undercarriage of my car. And it is a kitten, a very small kitten. And yeah, he just comes like scampering up to me. And so I scoop him up and he's like, fits in my hand. And I put him in the car with me because I'm sure as hell not going to like punch him into the woods on this highway. So I just put him in the car with me and all I had was chicken nuggets. So I fed him the chicken nugget. Like I took the breading off the chicken nugget and he was like scarfing down chicken nuggets. Um, but I am now a, a foster mom for this kitten. Um, and I've named him chicken nugget because he is small like a chicken nugget. And he also loves chicken nuggets. Um, but yeah, we found him in basically in the McDonald's parking lot, which is where we think he like hitched a ride. And he has been living with us for the last two weeks. And um, he's so cute. He's so cute, y'all. Like, he's so sweet. All he does is purr. He walks on a leash. Um, he has such a funny little personality. And he's at the vet today. But um, yeah, he's just been like such a sweet little munchkin. And yeah, I, I'm just fostering chicken nuggets so we can get him a home everywhere. So if you do, have the ability to donate, definitely donate to whatever your local rescue is or your local shelter. Um, everywhere that I've gone, was trying to find resources, like, please help me with this kitten. I just found him. My cat, like, Bay, is kind of aggressive to other cats, so she's not warmed up to him at all, and he's not staying inside with her. Like, they visit each other, but she's, like, not warming up at all, and so, like, the day I got, like, found him, I started, like, messaging rescues and shelters and was like, hey, um, can you guys take him? Can you take this kitten that I found? Um, everywhere is full. They can't take another kitten. The shelter told me, unless I was threatening to like throw him out of my window on the interstate, like they could not take him. Like they physically, they're like, we cannot take another kitten. We are inundated with kittens. So if you have the ability to donate or to do something called TNR, which is um, trap, neuter, release, um, invest in some of those programs because a lot of these kittens are just strays that like either were house cats or were indoor outdoor cats that got pregnant and then they have kittens and then the kittens have kittens and like it's just an ongoing cycle so if you do uh, this is now officially something that I'm very passionate about because um, it is starting to become a major problem um, all of these rescues are overrun with kittens they're um, all the shelters are overrun with kittens and just like it can get very expensive um, to care for them and they're so small they, it's not their fault so um, that's my, that is my soapbox right now, but I currently am foster momming this kitten and, and you, uh, he is just the best. If you live in the Jackson area and are interested in homing a cat. Yeah, totally. Maybe reach out to um, Lara. Yeah, if you're interested in adopting Nugget, uh, I'm accepting applications because <laughs> he is very sweet. I do have a friend um, in Nashville who is touring for work right now. But she has offered when her work comes down to possibly take him if he's still available. So um, we do have a backup plan just in case. Uh, there we are. No one. I just I figured if Bay was you know acting out with kitten and kitten needed a home, then yeah, look, we got a platform. We got a platform. Use it. <laughs> Hashtag home for Nugget. <laughs> nugget home for Christmas. You're gonna have to take <laughs> pictures of books with Nugget just 
so we can put them on social. Yeah, now I'm going to have to. He's yeah. very sweet. Um, anywho, so that's what I've been up to in July. What are you reading, watching, and listening to? Well, uh, this month I have read Seating Arrangements. I have read The Idiot. I have read A Long Petal of the Sea and Meant to Be. I am currently reading The Virgin Suicides. I figured that... Um, we spoke with Andrea Bartz and she recommended that one. So I figured go ahead and get it because I found the happiest place in Charleston up in North Charleston. It's called Mr. K's and it is a used bookstore used, um, uh, DVDs, used CDs, used records. And so I found the Virgin Suicide for $5. Nice. And so, uh, shout out to Mr. K's. I got three books for the price of one book. And that made me really happy. So that's what I'm reading. Watching. It was also a watching heavy month for me. I watched uh, Lee Daniels, The Butler, which was phenomenal. Um, I watched This is the End. I watched Moana. I went and saw Hamilton live. I I'm watched. So it was so good. It was so good. Uh, then I watched The Little Mermaid and then Criminal Minds and Buffy the Vampire Slayer is where I've been. Um, but <laughs> such a random assortment. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been kind of everywhere uh, this month, but I will just, I want to thank. Disney Plus because one night I went to go try try to watch The Little Mermaid and it wasn't on there. So that's why I watched Moana. And then like two days later, I decided to try again to watch The Little Mermaid, just wishful thinking. Maybe it was on there. And it was on there, the sing-along version. And the sing-along version with the words yes. at the bottom. Not that I need the words at the bottom. Was it a bouncing seashell? Uh, no, no Did bouncing seashell. It just, it just was white and then turned yellow, like karaoke. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was on there, and I was not deterred by the uh, sing-along version, and I was overjoyed. So thank you, Disney, for watching me uh look for things and putting Are that out there sensing when you come visit in august that we're gonna <laughs> to give this a shot it's so good um and then listening to listening to the smartless podcast was actually uh listening to the director of one of the movies you went to see on that podcast and then i have been listening to lizzo's new album because it's so good all right are you ready for mine yep so it has been a heavy watching month for me. Um, I watched season, the last season, which was really good. It's got like John Goodman and a bunch of other fantastic actors. It's a little wild, um, but it was, you know, it's a fun show. It's a romp for sure. Um, my husband and I have just kind of been watching it to watch it. And we've enjoyed it. Um, some of it is a little graphic. I mean, it's HBO, but some of it kind of like over the top trigger warning on that. 
a lot of broken bones and stuff. So it's just uh, very unpleasant at times. Um, last night we finished the Studio Ghibli movie, The Wind Rises. Uh, we've been making dumplings at home. So then we typically watch a Studio Ghibli movie while we make dumplings because I just feel like I love a good theme. And so I themed my day. And so we've been making really good pork dumplings at home. So we were watching The Wind Rises while we did that. Then new release, we went and saw Nope in theaters by Jordan Peele. And it was good. I have not seen his other two films, so I don't really like uh, Us and um, Get Out. Get Out. I've not seen those. Um, from what I have heard and what my husband liked, my husband has seen them all. He liked us more than nope. He was like, I think like, I like us better. Um, and like a true Jordan Peele movie, there's so many layers and things are connecting. It's the underlying message and some mystery. And you're trying to figure out like the significance of all these tiny pieces. And sometimes I like that. And sometimes I don't, and I'm not a big horror movie. This was definitely more of a thriller than a horror just like hit a point where I was like okay cool I fell asleep at one point which can kind of tell you how I felt about it in the theater I've not fallen asleep in a theater in a really long time but um not my favorite it wasn't my favorite it was interesting it was beautiful cinematography great story I just to me I was just like oh okay meh so it wasn't Laura's movie no wasn't my movie don't come for me if you loved it you can love it I didn't um, I saw Thor Love and Thunder. How was that? Theater. It's cute. It's a rom-com. So my husband and I were talking about this, that they found their niche with the Thor movies because all of the Thor movies are different types of comedy. So the, like mm-hmm. the last one before this was like a bro comedy. And this one is a rom-com and uh, for sure plays into the com of the rom-com um I think they're playing it a little too much for laughs and I felt that way about the last several Marvel films like I felt like the last Doctor Strange movie had too much like weird satirical comedy almost um I think that they got a taste of what comedy could do to a film with Spider-Man movies and with um the Guardians of the Galaxy movies Mm -hmm. but I don't need every Marvel movie to be funny like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what makes Guardians of the Galaxy so good is because it's funny. But like, I don't need all my Marvel superhero movies to be comedies. So speaking of Marvel Marvel movies, did you see um, the trailer for uh, Wakanda Forever? So uh, I watched it in silence because my husband was sleeping next to me. So I watched it with the subtitles on and no sound, but I'm very excited and I need to actually go back and watch it. Uh, It looks so good. Very pumped that we get another Black Panther movie. I know a lot of people were like really upset that that might be the end of the franchise. Excited that we're getting this. We still get to see this story play out. So Mm -hmm. I agree. I want to know all about that world. I want more of it. I want more. Um, And then I finished season four of Stranger Things. So, which was amazing. I don't know. Are you a Stranger Things person? I could not get into Stranger Things. Okay. I know. Fine. Um, (laughs) Anyway, 
in in that vein, I have been listening a lot to song, 80s music. I already love 80s music to begin with and 80s and 90s. So this was great. The Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, Deal With God has been, I think I've listened to it every day for the last month. A whole situation. Um, also some Metallica, Master of Puppets, which is also in season four. I'm not that big of a Metallica fan, but it just has such a prominent spot in season four. Um, my husband is a Metallica fan, so we listen to it sometimes. And then uh, typically I've been listening to the same podcast. I was excited to hear that you're uh, branching out into podcast land. Yep. Um, and you're listening to, been listening to the new Beyonce song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite is the way uh, people kind of blew up when that song came out where it was like, Beyonce out here making me quit my job and shit. <laughs> like, um, and reading, uh, I jokingly in my notes put uh, The Struggle Bus by Lara Antoon. Uh, I have just like struggled so freaking much. My TBR keeps growing and I've yet to finish anything. I did start when women were dragons uh, and I do really like it. I really, really like it. So this is this is my moment. I'm gonna break my dry spell over here, and uh, she's gonna finish a book, y'all. I'm gonna finish a book. It's been a month, and I haven't finished a book. So, but the thing is, is every single time I talk to Lara, she has started a new book. She started like five books. She just yeah. hasn't finished any of them. Nope. I talk about it a lot in our most recent recap episode. I just like get a point. If I hit a point, I've started this with TV shows too. I just don't care. If I don't care, they all could die and I don't care, then I don't need to finish this. <laughs> like, And you know, that's something that I struggle with. I cannot not finish a book. I have I have problems with it. There's a couple that I've, I've put to the side and I'm going to have to just give up, but I'm like committed. Once I start it, I'm going to finish it. But there is something to be said for just saying, this is not for me. Like, let's move on and get to something that you do want to read because there's so much out there. Yeah. And it may be, it's just not for me right now. And I'll come back to it and finish it. Like that's what happened with night bitch is I read half of Night Bitch and then I put it down for like three months and then didn't come back to it. And then I came back to it and finished it pretty quickly. So, and it might just be like the season of my life. And I just haven't found the book for this season. Uh, but I have found the drink for this season. So let's talk if about you that. you are ready. I am ready. The drink of this season is the Mai Tai. Uh, <laughs> If you read our July book, the Mai Tai beverage plays an integral role in turning the tide of the love story. Um, that, that's it's the like, catalyst for love instead of hate. That's the catalyst is a Mai Tai. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get into that. But so of course I was like, all right, well, I don't even think I had even really had, I think in my head, I was equating like a rum punch with a Mai Tai and they are not the same thing. So I did a little digging, a little bit of history, a lot of tasting. I have tried recipes from Epicurious, Bon Appetit, The Home Bartender's Handbook. And my favorite came from the mommy blog, momontimeout.com. Nice. And she had my favorite recipe, which I will get into at one point and we'll definitely put on the blog because I don't want to read her whole thing, but she has some like cute little quips and 
adjustment. So a lot of times when you order a Mai Tai, like not a true Mai Tai, it does kind of come out more like a rum punch because um, it's just been sweetened with too much grenadine or added way too many fruit juices. So it's really not supposed to be this super sugary. It definitely is sweet, but it's not supposed to be like the super sugary beverage that your brain is probably pulling out. What, uh, let's just get into it now. What goes into a Mai Tai? Okay, so glad you asked. All right, and I have some history. So you have rum, white rum and dark rum. So you have okay. white and dark. I did like a dark, um, like Kraken. So mm-hmm. you've got like a spiced rum to give it a little bit more like oomph. Cause this is actually, it does have a little bit of a more herbal piece. So you have white rum, dark rum, lime juice, fresh lime juice, Grand Meunier, or Orgeat syrup, which is basically almond simple syrup. So you have this like nutty piece to it and then you're going to garnish. So I did pineapple and orange, but you will typically see it with like a cherry and a lime slice or maybe like a wedge of pineapple and mint is also a possibility. So you can kind of take it a couple of different directions, but in your actual glass, white rum, dark rum, lime juice, Grand Meunier, which is like your orange carousel, and then this almond simple syrup, which is Orgeat, Orgeat. I've only seen it written down, so sorry. Uh, so, or, or yet. See, because when I think Mai Tai, I always think grenadine. Yep, so you're probably thinking of a rum punch. Mm. Um, but in a lot of places have kind of taken it and added a ton of extra simple syrup, a ton of extra grenadine, a ton of extra orange juice. So it ends up being this like pink color, which it really should be closer to like a watered down coca-cola color with your dark rum it really shouldn't be like this it it almost sounds like orange it's it's kind of like a a margarita but with rum kind of yeah so a little bit of background on the mai tai so victor j bergeron claimed to have invented the mai tai in 1944 at his restaurant trader vicks in oakland california trader vicks forerunner don beach claimed to have instead first created it in 1933 although a long longtime colleague said that beach was actually just alleging that the mai tai was based on his qb cooler cocktail Don, the beachcomber's recipe, is more complex than Vicks, and some believe it tastes quite different. Others believe that despite the difference in ingredients, the QB cooler tastes quite similar. So there's two kind of like combating California, Oakland, California restaurants that claim to have created the Mai Tai. The Mai Tai was introduced in Hawaii in 1953 when Bergeron created a cocktail menu for the Matt Matson Company Hotels, the Royal Hawaiian Hotel, and the Moana Hotel. Ayo. <laughs> the cocktail became a hit and was called the Top Tourist Tantalizer in 1959. In the years thereafter, pineapple juice, orange juice, and a dark rum float became commonly used in my as produced in Hawaii. So that's kind of where it started getting its little flip. Because it originally was white rum and just like lime juice, and that was it. Um, the name was allegedly taken from Matai. The Tahitian word for good or excellence, although the drink is usually spelled as two words, 
sometimes hyphenated or capitalized. So I was capitalizing it in my notes because that's how I've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, but the full recipe will be out and about. Um, and then I found some funny Mai Tai quotes before we get into our wine pairing. Um, this is from Tom Robbins. He said, can I drink more than one Mai Tai without taking on the aroma of an aroused butterfly? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, this one is from the Con Air uh, film in 1997. It's not exactly Mai Tais and Yahtzee out here, but let's do it. <laughs> and like, I've noticed throughout all the quotes that I was finding, like Mai Tais are kind of associated with like, at least in older films of like relaxation and like living the good life. Okay. Uh, and then one that I thought was really funny is Pretty Fly for a Mai Tai, which yep. might be the name of the episode. Um, Cause Done. I love we'll do it. Pretty Fly for a Mai Tai. Um, and that's my ties in a nutshell, my friends. And if we're ready to dive into our vino, see, si. let's roll, mm -hmm. Fran. So this is all from their website. They have a very fun website. So if you want to go click around, it's quite enjoyable. So we picked Summer Water Rosé, which I love. Um, they are the official sponsor of summer. Uh, this is all from them. So I'm not going to start using the word we because I don't feel like changing anything. <laughs> so this is all from summerwater.com, um, their whole website. We have a PhD in pink. Achieving our signature shade of peachy pale salmon pink doesn't happen by accident. Our winemakers use a direct press method to ensure as little extraction from the skins as possible. This retains the delicate fruit aromas and gives our rosé the perfect color it's known for. If you thought we didn't obsess over it, you'd be super wrong. So you can drink for the weather you want, not the weather you have. Not to sound like Ivy League grad, grads, but did we mention we're award-winning? After our, our 2019 vintage was named the top rosé on wine enthusiast list, of 100 best wines in 2020, the Summer Water 2021 Vintage went on to earn a 91 point score on Editor's Choice. They have added a, this is for me, um, they have added a red Beaujolais blend to be chilled for like a summer red drinker. I have not had it, but it looks really delightful, but it's made to like go in the fridge. Okay. So excited to see them uh, branch out. And then they also have something, they ha now have like minis um, that are in little screw top bottles, small ones that you can put like a straw in um, that come in four packs. So I'm excited to try those in their rosé and their red. And are they in glass bottles or plastic bottles? That I don't know. I do not know that answer. Because if it's a mini, it leads me to think maybe it's in a plastic. And then again, we get to beach wine again. <gasps> We're living our best life. Yeah. So the Summer Water Rosé is a perennial favorite. It's delightfully crisp, lighthearted, and guaranteed to bring the sunshine no matter the season, which I can attest to. I've enjoyed this in the fall as well. It makes me happy. Their grapes are grown in the central coast of California and picked early in the season to achieve a natural acidity and light, fresh taste. On your palate, you're getting lime zest, pink grapefruit, strawberry, and watermelon. So not really your sweet fruits like strawberry is definitely a little bit sweeter but when I think of like biting into a grapefruit a strawberry a watermelon even a strawberry is gonna have that little bit of tartness to it not the same way like you'll get like a blackberry is like sweet 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 mm -hmm. so they definitely it's a definite dry like they push like they they say it all the time like we are not the sweet wine if you want a sweet nut wine this is not for you they're a dry rosé they have zero grams of sugar 
in their wine uh, and a little bit of per glass, you're going to get 108 calories, three grams of carbs, zero protein, zero fat, zero grams of sugar. So if you this are looking like healthy for wine. healthy wine, that's also delicious. I didn't even know this. And I love this wine. I love um, it too. And it's 12.5% alcohol. So your ABV is 12.5. So it's not super high, but it's still delightful. So that's what I have for summer water rosé. I've also covered it in a previous episode. So if you're really into it, I think it's on um, our read cap, I think for Q3 last year. So if you really want to hear me talk more about summer water, um, go ahead. But that is what I have for you. And that's summer water. And I can attest to that this is actually one wine I have tried and it's, it's just, it's easy. It's damn good. It's damn good. It's damn good. Yep. There you have it. Should we have a quick break for our sponsors? Quick break for our sponsors, then to the book. So, Laura, you told me recently that you now get wine delivered to your house, and I'm really jealous. And please, Tell me about it so that I can get hyped for when I visit you in August. Okay, so I have been super jealous of pretty much every other state's ability to have alcohol delivered to them. And there is a new program around this area in the Jackson Metro area. It's Moonshine MS. They provide wine, liquor, and beer home delivery in the Jackson Metro area. Did you know that alcohol deliveries have actually been legal in Mississippi as of July 1st, 2021, with the passage of a new house bill. So why are they just doing it now? Is it um, a local company or like a big box? So Moonshine is a locally owned and operated in the Jackson area. They work with our local stores to bring you your favorite wine, liquor, and beer straight to your doorstep. And how much do they have? Like how much uh, selection and variety do they have? So they have over 3,000 products on their easy-to-use platform. You can order from their website or the mobile app. Well, that's fantastic. Do you have I your am. cart? Do you have your cart ready for uh, I, a visit? I am definitely. We can definitely have some fun adding some things to our cart. But yeah, so like alcohol deliveries in Mississippi are finally here. Born in Mississippi, Moonshine MS delivers your favorite drinks to your door. So head to moonshinems.com to learn more or head to the app store and download the Moonshine app to get your order in today. That's moonshinems.com or follow them on social media at moonshinems and tell them the Decanterbury Tales girls sent you. Bottoms up. Stay weird. Bye. Mm. (laughs) I love coffee. I do too. Coffee's really underrated. It's not. Everyone loves coffee. I feel like coffee's not underrated at all. People are like, this is mommy juice. <laughs> like yeah. Wine and coffee keeps I, American moms of, alive above water, really. I have been uh, having afternoon coffee, not morning coffee. Okay. I like to start my day with a Coke Zero and then have okay. my afternoon coffee. I could support that. I yeah. Can. So that's where I live and lie. You ready to chat on honeymooners? Indeed. Indeed. Dive in like a all expense paid Hawaiian vacation. 
Well, then I guess if we're going to dive in that way, we should start with the synopsis of the book. This is from Goodreads. Olive is always unlucky in her career, in love, in, well, everything. Her identical twin sister, Amy, on the other hand, is probably the luckiest person in the world. Her meet cute with her fiance is something out of a romantic comedy, gag, and she's managed to finance her entire wedding by winning a series of internet contests, double gag. Worst of all, she's forcing Olive to spend the day with her sworn enemy, Ethan, who just happens to be the best man. Olive braces herself to get through 24 hours of wedding hell before she can return to her comfortable, unlucky life. But when the entire wedding party gets food poisoning from eating bad shellfish, the only people who aren't affected there are Olive and Ethan. And now there's an all expenses paid honeymoon in Hawaii up for grabs. Putting their mutual hatred aside for the sake of a free vacation, Olive and Ethan head for paradise, determined to avoid each other at all costs. But when Olive runs into her future boss, the little white lie she tells him is suddenly at risk to become a whole lot bigger. She and Ethan now have to pretend to be loving newlyweds and her luck seems to be worse than ever. But the weird thing is that she doesn't mind playing pretend. In fact, she feels kind of lucky. (laughs) And then to throw some more spoilers kind of in there, obviously it kind of goes from a hate to a love situation between Ethan and Olive. They realize that a lot of things... uh, in their past were of misunderstanding. Also a lot of manipulation from Dane, who is uh, Amy's husband, who we find out has been cheating on Amy and uh, propositions Olive and- Like brand new newlywed. Like he's just like bold as hell. Yeah, just back from Hawaii, barely married. Okay, I'm gonna go after your sister. Yeah. (laughs) Then she, Olive, tries to tell Ethan and her sister, her sister believes her. Ethan gets mad, doesn't want to believe her. And then, you know, the truth comes out and they get back together and, you know, Amy divorces Dane and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. Amy. Well, yeah, it's like sucks for Amy, but also good for Amy because her like whole takedown with him at the end is amazing. Mm-hmm. He like it's- goes through his phone and invites like everyone he has slept with since like their relationship and basically was like, yeah, hi, welcome to my house. You've been sleeping with my husband. <laughs> it was a really good takedown. It's like one of those moments when you're just like, oh shit. I would love to see this as a movie. I would, I would love, love to see, like, as this as a movie takedown. Oh, mm. oh, it's very much so the other woman vibes. Yes, that's what I was just thinking, which I did watch the other day. It's so good. It feels like a mix of like a Owen Wilson rom com, like Owen Wilson era, early Owen Wilson mm-hmm. era rom com, mixed with this like Kate Hudson, the other woman movie at the end Mm. a little bit of parent trap (laughs) I uh, there's a reason we're doing this book because I just loved it and you know one of the things it's so cute and there are some people who really hated on this book and it really is because of the hate to love trope and you know it's been seen before it happens 
Well, and troops like this for a reason. Like, and that's something that I think is really interesting. And so um it is that the haters to lovers trope where you know friends to enemies to lovers, that's it. Enemies to lovers. And so, like, yeah, it's quote unquote so played out. It's not well, like tropes exist for a reason. And in this one, there's a framework for a story. So like there's so much more about like the role of like luck and fate and you know truthfulness and like when you come clean you don't always get rewarded for telling the truth like yes you should tell the truth but like Olive loses her job Mm -hmm. straight up like and and in telling the truth she could have lost her sister you know she does lose Ethan for a little bit but you know mm. but um she could have lost her sister her sister could have just been like, no, why are you even putting that into my husband? You know, why are you even saying that? So, you know, to your point, the truth doesn't always set you free. No, and I think, and like, it does ultimately leave, lead to her happy ending and his, mm-hmm. and her sister's. Like, her sister doesn't want to stay married. You don't want to stay married to a cheater. So like, that makes sense um and I think some of it people were like it's so like Twilight movie I didn't really read Twilight movie to me I didn't really get that I get the like eye rolly like I hate the enemies to lovers trope which is fine if that's not if that's your trope and you hate it then like this is not the book for you I mean and I loved that at the wedding they're the only ones who don't eat shellfish and that's Mm -hmm. why they don't get sick is that everybody else eats the food and they're like, no, we're not, we don't like that. We're not eating it. And then they're the, the, the two that are left behind. I don't know. I kind of like how just like. Yeah, she's allergic and he's weird. He actually brings up this like weird bacteria and it turns out like that's the bacteria. He's like, yeah, um, he's just a germaphobe. Yeah, and so he's like, "Have you ever heard of this weird bacteria?" Blah 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 blah. And he's like, "It turns out like that's actually what everyone got." (laughs) And I I love that like bit of cheese that that's how we get to the point of our premise and the story is that like, I live for that cheese. I do, personally. So I've got some fun book club questions that I like. Um. So why did Olive and Ethan seem to hate each other? Uh, would you have agreed to go on the honeymoon? And what would you have done if you were Olive? Why do they hate each other? Mm-hmm. Well, cause so we get, cause we don't get his point of view until the very last scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I honestly could have completely done without his point of view, that little chapter at the end, I don't need it. I don't need his point of view because it's all from her point of view. So it feels weird to like suddenly give us his point of view at the end. Um, but why do they hate each other? I mean, he is, she is immediately like, you kind of break down her olives, like tendency to see the worst in people mm-hmm. and her tendency to like, she's really judgmental. And I don't think she's, she doesn't see herself as a judgmental person, but like literally him making a face one time about fair food. And then that colored everything. Yeah. 
that is her reason for hating him for the rest of her life. It's like he wasn't making a face about you eating the fair food. He was making a face about the fair food. <laughs> like he's a germaphobe, crazy girl. Like calm down. And yeah, some of it was probably piggybacked on like all of the manipulation from his brother Dane that he didn't want to see them together, especially like once Ethan had like mentioned, oh, like Amy's sister's super cute. Like I, I think I'm going to ask her out. He's like, no, don't do that. So like immediately like that machination. I'm just going to let you keep trying. Manipulation. I'll go with that one. <laughs> you know what word I'm trying to use, right? No. I think it's machinations, machinations. It's basically like working like a machinery in the background. Okay. Um, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> No, and I think that, you know, too, Olive has some insecurities about herself and the fact that, you know, she does have some issues with her body and then she's at the fair eating the food and he, she thinks that he's looking at her funny because of that. That just like hits her to her core of her own issues that she has with herself that he machinations machinations <laughs> it means a plot or screen or scheme so that's the word of the day guys machinations machinations thanks <laughs> i was trying to use a smart person word we, was we right. weren't going to get past that she needed to know right now the plot or scheme just over my nose uh anyway and so kind of, would you have gone on the honeymoon? Yes. Absolutely. I love the free trip. One, I've never been to Hawaii. And two, I've always wanted to go. And three, free. Yeah. No, I definitely would have gone. Oh, I can play nice long enough for a free vacation. Absolutely. And, you know, it could also like go into forgetting Sarah Marshall kind of way. You know, you just like spend your time alone and make friends there. So, anywho. I watched that movie too the other day. So funny. Um, I've never seen it. You've never seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Mm-mm. And now we end the podcast forever because I do not know how Laura and I are friends. Yes, you do. I stalked you at that bar that one time. Yeah, but like... One stalking does not an entire friendship make. Not when, yeah, huh? Not when you haven't seen Forgetting Sharon Marshall. Huh? I have eight years of friendship. <laughs> says otherwise. Why? All right. Oh God, y'all. So <laughs> we just talked about you know why they don't like each other. Now we move on to they start liking each other. Do you think they're a good match? I do think they are. I think there's a lot. um, They complement each other really well. I mean, everyone joins a relationship with baggage and everyone kind of has their own backstory. But I think that they have a lot more in common than they realized. I agree. What about you? No, I think they're good together. I think that... I think that 
he's really good at logically saying you're being an idiot. Like yeah. that's not at all what that was like, get over yourself. And yeah. I think that's like really important for her because she's of the mindset that she's unlucky. Everything bad is going to happen to her. Da, 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 da. And he's just like, no. Yeah. He's like, you need to get like this, get over yourself. Like yeah, get over yourself. Like the universe is not out to get you. <laughs> The universe is out to get all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not you specifically, Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm, sorry, I'm getting, I'm reading into uh, more questions of where we're going to go next. Um. Okay, so question about the boss firing her mm -hmm. do you think that that would actually happen in real life that like if you went on vacation and met your boss lied to your boss and then we're like psych we're not actually together we're not married like do you think you would be able to keep your job in that because I kind of have the uh, thought process of it's a hard time out there getting good employees like, I I would say if she's good at what she does, keep her. That's just it, my opinion. I can't remember. In the book, is it a privately owned company? I'm going to go with yes. I think legally, however, it wasn't lying on the job. Like, she wasn't lying. Like, it's not on her application for the job. It doesn't actually pertain to her job in any way. So, really, I actually think her getting fired is kind of illegal. Um, I actually think her getting fired for that, unless she's at, like, an at-will state where you can get fired for any reason. But since he physically out loud says, like, I'm firing you because you lied to me and my wife while on vacation... Mm -hmm. Feels too petty and personal from a boss it's perspective. It's very petty and personal. And I truly think that like, I don't think that would stand. I think if she actually like either took him to court or like brought it up with um, like employment services, they would probably be like, no, you were wrongfully terminated. He would absolutely be paying her unemployment. Like hands down. I think it is a personal decision. I don't think it's an ethical one. I don't think that what she did was truly ethical but also doesn't actually play into her job in any way shape or form no and uh, at all no and I would just be like I have to pretend that I'm married to this guy because I got this honeymoon for free and I'm supposed to be my sister and her husband like I'm rolling with it I'm I'm in character I honestly wouldn't have I would have told the truth at that dinner. I would not have played yeah. it out that long. No. I think that's where the misstep was because then he was like, she's fucking psycho. Like she yeah. could have at any point in that dinner been like, hey, instead of being like creepy fake married to your boss, like you could have just told the truth then. And then he would have probably been like, oh, okay. Like that makes sense. And if your boss is that weirded out about you cashing in on a free vacation, then like, that's not the boss. Maybe rethink your company culture. Yeah. Rethink your company culture a little. <laughs> if I told my boss that she'd be like, he'd be like, go ahead, have fun. Aloha. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I would hope that. Like a magnet. Yeah, I would hope that a boss would empower their uh, their people to do that, to take that uh, that moment, that experience. With like, a free vacay is a free vacay. Get out of here. Yeah, go. And I honestly don't think like the little like I get that they want it to be a honeymoon package, but like, who cares? They don't have to be married, do they? They could just be a couple, like. I don't know. I just felt like that was a little weird. I'm like, what are they going to like ask for the marriage certificate? Like <laughs> it's a sweepstakes, like get out. You know, I've never won a sweepstakes in my entire life. I feel like we need to discuss with some people who have won sweepstakes, like the terms and conditions of those and like yeah. how serious it is. So if you've won a sweepstakes, please let us know because I've never been that lucky. I know somebody that won jet skis. I just made a face at you. I know someone that won jet skis and I'm very jealous. Jet ski? That's, look, I love a good jet ski here. Yeah. Like a jet ski moment is like the moment. It's a great moment. That's like, that's the height of summer. If you can get on a jet ski, you know you've made it. Um, height of summer. I like that. So moving into something we kind of touched on, but a little bit more. Dane makes a move on Olive while Ethan is away for a moment. Olive tells Ethan, who refuses to believe it, and tells Olive she only sees the negative and the bad. Despite Ethan's harsh reaction, was there some truth in what he said about Olive always being pessimistic, or was he completely out of line? It's not a rom-com if there's no misunderstanding, right? So yes, I think there is some misunderstanding there, um, clearly, because he was wrong. Um, but I also think, like, it's one of those, like, cry wolf situations. Not that she's, like, been saying, like, oh, he's been coming on to me a bunch of times. But I think, like, when everything is framed, like, everything's out to get me, everyone's out to get me, I'm the victim, boo-hoo, when something actually does happen to them you're way less likely to have any sympathy or compassion or believe them when right. you're like, oh, boo, boo, like what now? The world is out to get you. And now you think my brother's out to get you. Like, yeah, it's, that makes sense. It's the woe is me sort of like cry wolf. I'm not going to come yeah. help you. Yeah, and especially when it's an attack, when you really need someone to really believe you and like it's an attack on their loved one, it's really hard to believe that person if you're telling them something they don't want to hear. True. Well, that's what I had. I just kind of wanted to talk about some of those fun points. Just dig into the plot a little bit. This is not like a deep dive of themes sort of book like we do sometimes. Our next no, this book. is definitely a lighthearted book and yeah. um just easy anyway. just happy it and is a deep dive on my ties <laughs> deep dive on my ties um so what i guess my final question is we've read a lot of rom-coms a lot of them having a lot of tropes some we've liked better some we've liked less but why you know, compared to some of the other rom-coms we've read, why did this one work? Um, hmm. 
because I'm thinking Emily Henry, people we meet on vacation, you know, it's the best friends, friends to lovers, the friends to lovers, then the trope of, uh, book lovers kind of the, she did love book lovers. Um, you know, that's kind of misunderstanding boss, small town, and then move to the small town. They fall in love kind of trope with that. Yeah. Um, tropes on tropes. Tropes on tropes on tropes. I mean, I could keep going with so many tropes. Save the bookstore. So many- <laughs> Save the town. It's a Hallmark fucking movie. Yeah. And well, I mean, we could get into Hallmark too, because they just do magic with that. I love a Hallmark Christmas movie. I can't help myself. I don't we watch Hall- a Hallmark Christmas movie special. I, love I don't, I don't watch Hallmark movies during the year because that's just too much. But a Christmas one, we got to save the town, everybody. I, I can't help myself. It's so good. Um, this Christmas gala will save a whole town. <laughs> um, so a whole any- town. Do you have any opinions as to why this one works? Um, Because I feel like while it does play on some of these tropes, I don't think it still has its own pieces that make it original and that keep it messy. It colors that side of the lines a little bit. Um, You know, some of it has the pieces like a rom-com. Like he gets drunk on the cheap my ties and tell and like hits on her mm-hmm. or like tells her that she's beautiful or whatever. I don't remember exactly his line, but basically confesses that he's into her. And like, you know, that's kind of tropey for your rom-com situation. You've got like the sisters, twins, one of them's the high, the other one's the low, like lucky, unlucky one is super body positive and the unlucky one like is always super self-conscious and way more hippie it turns out she's actually like super attractive anyway like when she like internal monologue talks about like being fat and he's like um no and like you actually kind of later realize like she's actually pretty slim thick like she's not even like overweight but the way she talks about herself is that she's like fucking huge yeah because Um, that's all in her mind yeah so I mean we've all been there Mm -hmm. But, um, so I think it's just interesting. I think that this book colors outside of the lines a little bit. I think that that does a really good, that they do a really good job of fleshing out characters enough for them to matter, but saving on length. Cause it's not a really big book. It's not a thick book. Um, and I think it does, someone was like, some of these characters just have no depth, blah, blah, blah. They just pop in and do this and they pop out. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. This point, like for for saving the length of this book, this book could be enormous if we got all the background on the mom and the dad and all of her things and the sister and Dane's relationship. Like you could make this like a whole freaking series with all the different characters, and then you got the cousin that owns a restaurant, and mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Like there's so much that you could expand upon, but she's they do a very very good job of giving you just enough details for it to make sense. It's a novel. You're going to suspend your, you're going to have that moment of like suspension of disbelief. Is that it? Where like, you just go with it because you're in there and you are taking this from Olive's perspective. So, you know, these people, so they're giving you enough information, like you already know it. Um, so I enjoyed that. I actually didn't need a ton of extra info. So this is a case where we save on length and it's okay. I, I agree. I, the point of this book was 
to enjoy, to get through it, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for the way it's written and kind of those lack of details that you just kind of accept things at face value that makes it a page turner. If we were sitting there like going in depth with everything, then it would lose its whole point of it would lose it reads like, feel a, better. like a movie. Yeah. And if you give them all of that info, you lose that. So like it doesn't bog you down. It gives you just enough. Yep. We love it. Love it. Love it, guys. So that is our take on Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. We hope you read it. Hope you've read it and, you know, are coming, maybe coming back to get kind of our take on it because it did come out, you know, last year. So. Which we read it last year. Uh, (laughs) We read it last year, but didn't cover it. And then this summer we were like, it is time. It's like that, uh, that Rafiki quote where it's like, it is time. Like, that's what I felt like where we were just like, yeah, is that what you want to do? That is what I want to do. Yep. Um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. Um, mark your calendars if you're in the Jackson metro area for the Literary Lawn Party Mississippi Book Festival on August 20th. We will be on the community lawn um, in our area. So come see us. We'll have some little giveaways. We'll have some books. We'll have a little photo op. Hmm? 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I was giving them times. Yep, and it is free. So come hang out, come see us, come, you know, just come see us. <laughs> like, we want to give you things. Yes, we will have some little giveaways. Uh, we've talked about it. We definitely have some buttons, some stickers, maybe some bookmarks, who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but come see us. We also have some books that will be kind of like buy one Rapid. or not buy one. We'll like, just, you know, just give them away. Come take them. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, come come get some stuff from our library. But that is on August 20th in Jackson, Mississippi at the state capitol. So excited to see some of you to Canterbury pod pals of the pod uh, swing by our little booth and say hello. We look forward to it. And, you know, please check out the website. We're really putting the blogs up so that you can Virginia's get Virginia's done such a good job. She's Thank such you. a good blogger. <laughs> Um, thank you. Jenna took over the blog and it's the best thing she's we've done. Please take it. Hey, it it is my contribution. I will do the blog posts. We just have to get the episodes out so I can, you know, do them. I'm working on it. (laughs) Subtle dig y'all. Subtle dig. Subtle digs. Um, but yeah, check Uh, out the website. You're good. You can keep going. The oh, website. I was going to say, check out the website. Uh, we also have a Goodreads now with all of our books ranked, uh, you know, how we felt about them. Um, and it gives you good suggestions on Goodreads. If you like this one, read this one sort of thing. Um, then, you know, obviously Twitter, Instagram, email to Canterbury Pod. Facebook. We have a Facebook. We have a Facebook. <laughs> Guys, we're everywhere. We're, we're doing it. Slow expansion of the Decanterbury Tales Empire. <laughs> Engage with us. Engage with us. We're trying, man. Uh, I continuously forget that we have a Facebook. So every now and then I'll post and be like, once again, we forgot we have a Facebook. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you to everyone who's engaged with our, you know, our socials. Uh, it's really great to see you guys and see kind of people listen to the episodes our last episode was the most listened episode that we've ever had so welcome to 
all these new people that have joined, you know, the e-newsletter, definitely hop on our website and sign up for the e-newsletter. We barely, we send out like one a month, um, but it's just reminders of what we're up to. Um, hopefully we'll have a live show in December. Fingers crossed. If you want to support the live show, definitely send us an email. Send us an email. Uh, recommend books, wines, say hello, tell us a funny story, decanterrypod at gmail.com. We're decanterry, at Pod on all of our socials. And yeah, so we just like want to hear from you. We do. So tell us. The only, good. Thing, the only thing that's different is it's decanterburytales.com. That's the that's only the thing that's different. So, um, and I guess we should announce our August book, which yep. I'm just so jazzed about. If I feel like I've been kind of hinting to this for months, months. now. <laughs> We're doing When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill. It is her first, it is her first foray to uh, adult fiction and obsessed with it. I, you know, think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I, Laura's still reading it, but I'm legitimately obsessed. And I will be writing some ridiculously, uh, meaty questions with you know themes and things like that because I was have so much I want to discuss I'm excited I've loved the book so far so I'm excited to discuss it with you once we finish and uh dm Kelly Barnhill y'all and tell her to answer our dm Laura first please do uh we've been sli sliding into the dms on the regular so once if there's an author you want us to talk to make sure you let them know that you want to you want them to talk to us uh we are an independent podcast and it's literally just the two of us doing everything and occasionally nate that edits these episodes from time to time so like we're a two woman team building an empire brick by brick and uh we are definitely excited to kind of have some speed and more people listening and involved and engaged and talking about a lot of great authors and the only way we can do that is with your help by listening to our podcast and supporting the pod so thank you guys so much um for joining us on this journey i love this journey for us you sounded very alexis right there i know i started doing the little head bob and everything yeah. and i was like mm, i'm just like loving this journey for us and yeah. Her hands are like right underneath her chin too as paws. The little paw hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's having her moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, guys, that just took a turn. But uh, yeah, read uh, When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill so you can join us next month for August. We hope you enjoyed Unhoneymooners. We hope you enjoy the Mai Tai, Summer Water. And yep, bottoms up. Stay weird. Hey, bye. Bye-bye.